The Razorback football coaching staff is officially assembled. So it did actually get better or worse or the same. Doesn't matter. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Thursday as uh, we're getting closer to the weekend. Final stretch here of the week. And I thought that uh, now would be a good time kind of with not a whole lot going on. We'll do some previewing tomorrow of uh, Arkansas's game against Baylor. But uh, I wanted to use this podcast to kind of look at the coaching staff in general that's been assembled by Sam Pittman. And now that uh, it looks like at least some of the most important on-field roles have been filled, and we're going to go by each one and look at whether the coaching changes were upgrades, downgrades, or staying the same. Now, this is just my opinion. Could be totally wrong about this, and you're welcome to disagree with me in the comments, as you normally do. But I think that it's just a fascinating thing to kind of look through it and go step-by-step uh, step and see uh, who exactly is going to be better, worse, the same, whatever it may be. And we'll get into some details, and again, we'll go through the offensive staff and then the defensive staff and move forward with that too. So let's start with the offensive staff. Now, you didn't have as much turnover in this particular case because Jimmy Smith's still your running backs coach who I still feel like doesn't get enough praise and credit. The dude is an incredible running backs coach and a credible recruiter. So you didn't have to worry there. Cody Kennedy, still your offensive line coach, so you're still set there. Uh, Kenny Guyton, still your wide receiver coach, you're still set there. So you didn't have as much turnover on the offensive staff that you did on the defensive staff. And the only positions and the only groups that you had to change and, and make different was, of course, dealing with the offensive coordinator, Danny Nose and quarterbacks coach, but also getting a new tight ends coach with the uh, departure of Dow Logan. So let's start with the tight end coach, because honestly, that was one of the first hires that were made uh, in this whole deal, too. And we'll also talk strength and conditioning, too, because I think that's very important. That doesn't get talked about enough. But we'll start with Arkansas hiring Morgan Turner, who uh, is the new tight ends coach after spending 10 seasons with the tight ends over in Stanford and 13 seasons with the program. So Dowell Loggins was a guy that I truly believe, and I think everybody understands that he was coaching tight ends. He's a good recruiter, but he was waiting on that offensive coordinator position whenever Kendall Bryles ended up leaving, which is kind of ironic because he's gone now. So didn't really work out in the way that anyone thought it would. But still, I, I love Dow Loggins. Dow Loggins is a, is a Razorback. He loves Arkansas. He loves living here. He loves coaching here. I fully believe that if he has success as an offensive coordinator at South Carolina or wherever, if, uh, they had, if Arkansas had an offensive coordinator position open, uh, say if Dan Enos left or whatever, he would be the first call and he would take it in an instant. Like he, He's just that type of guy. And I think that that's got a lot of value here in the state of Arkansas. However, when it came to the tight end position, he when he walked into the program, he didn't have a whole lot to work with. You know, he didn't have a lot of talent that was left over. And I think he did a good job of trying to recruit some of that talent. But the problem is, is he's not going to have an opportunity really to recruit that talent that he was supposedly bringing in. I know that Arkansas is still going to have Luke Haas as well as Shamar Nash. Shamar Nash, Shamar Easter. Shamar Nash was a different player. Shamar Easter. 
So you're going to have some good tight ends uh, that are going to be here at Arkansas, at least some freshman guys that could have a lot of potential, but Dow Loggins isn't going to be able to coach them. So this was kind of the thing where we didn't get to see a whole lot of Dow at that position at tight end. I think the potential was there. I think that he obviously, again, did a good job recruiting it. But if you looked at the developments of the tight ends, like Trey Knox, if he was your best option, and Trey Knox, honestly, I, I like the kid and I like the guy and I wish him nothing but the best at South Carolina. But, you know, there were some drops. There were some plays that uh, he wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't wasn't all there. And then even, you know, blaming on Bryles offense and everything like that. Maybe he just wasn't featured enough. But whatever it is, the tight end position at least just wasn't overly impressive. Was potentially going to get impressive, but wasn't overly impressive. So now you get Morgan Turner. And Morgan Turner has a huge resume of Stanford where he coached tight ends. Like, that's the thing about Dow. Dow's done quarterbacks. He's been an offensive coordinator in the NFL. But he wasn't like a tight end guy. He could coach it, but that wasn't his thing. This is a guy where tight ends are his thing. That's what he does. And he built Stanford into a program where tight ends were incredible, like Dalton Schultz, Austin Hooper, Kobe Fleener, Zach Ertz, Caden Smith, Colby Parkinson. Like, these are big-time names that not only had great college careers, but went into the NFL and did phenomenal. So I feel like just on paper, Right now, you have upgraded the position at tight end because you have a tight end guy who has proven at major college football to not only have big-time tight ends and develop them into big-time tight ends, but guys that went on to have really nice NFL careers. So I think like you upgraded in that perspective. Again, that's nothing. It's not a slight against Dow Loggins because I think Dow Loggins may be a great offensive coordinator. But as far as tight ends go, this is a tight end guy, and I think Arkansas did a great job with that. And the other position, and of course, ones that we've talked about a lot and has been pretty much the latest big hire for Arkansas, or one of the latest ones, was Dan Enos. Now, Kendall Bryles, we all know, he left. And I think that we all can kind of agree that it seemed like it was something that's, I don't want to call it mutual, but people got tired of playing games, so they made the change, and here you go. So Dan Enos, Kendall Bryles, is it an upgrade? The ultimate question. I think we even talked about this on a podcast uh, earlier about is this an upgrade and I've thought about it a lot and, and I feel like there's again potential to be better there's potential to be better as, as an offense as uh, KJ as a quarterback uh, you know all those things I think there's a lot of potential there Danny Nose is walking into a situation to where he has weapons to work with KJ's great uh, phenomenal Rocket Sanders phenomenal you got depth there at running back the the young tight ends that are coming in maybe able to work them into the offense a little bit more. Wide receivers, you have some good transfers coming in, but is it going to translate? That's the ultimate question. But at this point in time, I have to say, like, right now, it's it's about the same. I don't think that Dan Enos, by the hiring of him, means that immediately the offense is going to dramatically improve next year compared to last year. I could be wrong, but just looking at the circumstances and looking at who he is and who he has to work with and all of that, I think that there's possibilities that KJ could become a better quarterback. I think there are possibilities that you could have uh, better play calling. I think that that's you know one of the things for sure, because that was one thing I liked about Dan Enos when he was at Arkansas originally, is I don't remember any terrible play calling that he had or head-scratching things. There may have been, but I think that there's an element of that. But just production-wise, will Arkansas score as much? Will they be able to run and pass as balanced as they have? Will they be able to, you know, do those types of things as far as the numbers go? That's yet to be determined. 
So as of right now, I'm going to say that it's an equal deal with potential to be better. Because I think Kendall Brawl, say what you want about him. He's still a really good offensive coordinator. Uh, he's going to TCU. I think that at TCU, he will have success. And I think that he'll have success no matter where he goes. But uh, it's just one of those things I'm going to wonder if he's going to regret and playing games and not just sticking it out with Arkansas instead of just dealing with the rest of it. So, um, but I think that it's about equal at this point in time with Dan Enos. And finally, I'll just go ahead and do the strength and conditioning coach since we'll have more to talk about defensive side with uh, Ben Souders, who was the guy that came from Louisville. And we know that uh, he's now the director of strength and conditioning. He spent the 2022 season at Louisville being the director of it. And he also worked with Pittman, Sam Pittman at Georgia during the 2018-2019 seasons, uh, first of four seasons with the Georgia Bulldogs. So uh, at this point in time, he, of course, replaced Jamal Ashley. Is that, is that right? Is that what it was? Jamal Ashley, am I thinking of? I should have looked this one up because uh, uh, I was like, man, because I remember there was a player that uh, – no, he was the D-line coach. See, I completely messed that one up. I knew – see, that was what I was saying. I knew uh, – it was going to be a deal where it was like, I get those guys mixed up and, uh, and everything, but uh, Ben Souders though, and who he's coming in uh, is going to be honestly a, a great, I think it's a great get. I think it's a huge upgrade uh, for what Arkansas is going to uh, try to do and try to, to make happen. I think that there was a problem that they have with trying to uh, Jamal Walker. Thank you. See, I was trying to look it up. That was bad. Anyways, Jamal Walker. Uh, that was uh, Walker had a lot of problems. There was a lot of issues there. And Sam Pittman fired him. There was no mutual. There was no, hey, let's, let's figure that. No, he was, he was fired. And so that was the type of thing where I feel like, all right, already because of Souders, because of his energy, because of his, you know, connections with Sam Pittman and working with him, I feel like this is going to be a massive upgrade because I think Arkansas, especially last year, struggled with strength and conditioning. I think that, you know, I'm not trying to blame Walker and saying that injuries happened because of him necessarily, but I am saying that the, the injuries that Arkansas went through and and all of that it just seemed like it was way too eerie and ironic and and the same thing with like you know catalan Cade renfro dominic johnson like those guys re-injured their same injuries so it was like how, you know can you can this be a strength and conditioning problem maybe maybe not but i like the guy that they added he seems to really uh, have an idea of not only be successful but being it from georgia and having that run that he had there and then going to louisville and having that run he did there uh, i think this is an upgrade i think that arkansas is going to really uh, have better success, especially on the goal line. Because to me, that was the biggest problem when you talk about strength and conditioning and the issues that pop up from it is simply like, all right, can you get push? Can you can you be that physical team? And hopefully this year, Arkansas will not have any of those stupid uh, first and goals from the three and no points. That cannot, will not, should not happen. And so I think Souders is going to be great for that. I think that the energy that he brings, I saw him on the sidelines at the Liberty Bowl, He's got plenty of that, too, getting everybody hyped. So uh, I think Arkansas is going to be in good shape there, too. So there you have it. So the offense, to recap, I think Arkansas upgraded at the tight end position. I think it's about the same offensive coordinator and quarterback position, and I think they upgraded at the strength and conditioning side of things, too. We'll do the Razorback defense here in just a second, but, folks, the NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many different features to make betting on sports fun and easy. For all you new customers out there, join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. 
Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Simple as that. FanDuel.com slash locked on. They have all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads and to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a bigger chance to win with a bigger payout with same game parlay. It's all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use, which is so important. So, folks, football fans, you NFL people out there, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150. And free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, uh, we're going to look at the defensive staff. Uh, that would be able to uh, put together Arkansas's whole new thing, which again is like uh, a few new names. Deke Adams is the only one that has been retained. Deke Adams is is the guy, and he is uh, going to stay with the defensive line. I think that it's good that he is. I think he did a good job last year, especially developing it. And I think that there are other things too that uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about as well. But still, uh, with the deal with Travis Williams and uh, him being the defense coordinator, we'll start with him later. But looking at the co-defensive coordinator, Marcus Woodson, the guy from Florida State who is going to be coaching defensive backs and also be the defensive passing game coordinator and also dealing with safeties. He came from Florida State. Now, Barry Odom is the one that coached the safeties as well as being the defensive coordinator. So you're going to kind of have to, to bear with me on that one. But still, I believe that with the safety, the new safeties coach, because safety was such a major problem last year, like bad. Jalen Catalan was great. Jalen Catalan got hurt. But after that, it was putrid. So I think that there was, without question, without a doubt, that you have Marcus Woodson as, a, as an upgrade. Like, it, it's not even close. He is a huge upgrade to what Arkansas had at safeties. He's got a great resume when he was at Florida State. Yeah, they were one of the nation's best in 2022 when it came to uh, passing yards given up per game. They were fourth in FBS at 165 yards per game. They also led the ACC. And uh, he's also uh, had a lot of players that now he recruited that ended up being great, but also that he ended up coaching and uh, developing into really great safeties too. So I think that this is a no-brainer. Like this one's a massive upgrade. No questions asked, no even problems, 100%. Huge upgrade, maybe the biggest upgrade that Arkansas has had so far. The other play, uh, other coach, would it be the uh, the one that just happened here recently with uh, Darren Wilson? I think, again, I think that's his name. Uh, he's the uh, new secondary coach, but he's also going to be coaching cornerbacks specifically, according to reports. Now, this is the one where I'm not saying that he's a bad coach. Okay, so let me let me get very real about that. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I am saying, however, that because he has little to no experience at coaching in the ways that some other coaches have come in. That makes me kind of like, it, it could be a downgrade because Dominic Bowman, I thought, you know, what, for whatever reason, they didn't want to keep him around. I don't know. Maybe it's just a philosophy thing, whatever it may be. But I also, I, I thought, honestly, he did a good job with the cornerbacks. I thought, you know, Dwight McLaughlin was really good. I thought that Miles Slusher was really good. And I thought that uh, Quincy McAdoo, when he moved over there was really good. Now, not to say that there weren't problems, not to say that they were perfect, but I thought the cornerbacks were part of, or at least one of the best parts of the defense when it came to the consistency. 
um, they had to move some guys around. And I think safeties was obviously the biggest issue that Arkansas had this past year, as we just discussed. So will this guy be just as good, if not better? Hard to say. But I will say that since there's not a whole lot on him, and we don't know a whole lot about him, and he doesn't really have – I mean, the only thing he has is that he was the defensive coordinator at McNeese State for two years, and uh, he was the interim uh, defensive coordinator. He was named there, uh, and they said that they played seven games in spring, and then COVID we know that uh, ended up happening there too. And it says uh, Wilson improved the secondary – during the spring season, allowing 35 fewer yards passing compared to the previous year, too. So the point is, is like when you look at uh, just what they went through and and knowing who he has, again, the potential is there. He could be end up being better. But just because he doesn't really have the resume to go along with it, it's hard for me to say that this is an upgrade. And it's really hard for me to even say he's just as good as Dominic Bowman. So as right now, I'm going to say that Arkansas may have downgraded this position. But again, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. Just saying on paper where you have it right now from one player or one coach to the next coach. This one might be the downgrade that Arkansas actually has defensively. And honestly, this to me is going to be one of the only, if not, I know it is, the only downgrade that Arkansas has made on their football staff there too. So looking at now going to Travis Williams being the new Razorback defensive coordinator, uh, I think that this one is an upgrade. And here's why. He's coaching linebackers, too, which I feel like Michael Schur did an awesome job at linebackers, a tremendous job. Every year he was here, Arkansas had great linebackers. Bumper pool was great. You know, even Grant Morgan did a great job. Hayden Henry did a great job. He got Drew Sanders in here. He did a great job. I think Pooh Paul is going to be great. Like Michael Schur did a great job on that front. So when it comes to that perspective, I feel like it might be the same or a little bit of a downgrade coaching linebackers just because I feel that strongly about Michael Schur and the job he did, but it keeps going back to where Williams also has a lot of history. And he is a guy who was a two-time all sec linebacker at Auburn. Uh, he, he was a really great play player for him and each and every place he's been, he seems to have upgraded. So I think that the linebacker there again, I'll, I'll call it the same. I'm not going to say it's a downgrade. I'm going to call it the same. Because I think that he's done a really good job on his resume of building into linebackers. When it comes to the actual defensive coordinator, because technically you have co-defensive coordinators with uh, not only Travis Williams, but also Marcus Woodson. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. And it, to me, it doesn't matter because you see a lot of great teams. Georgia has co-defensive coordinators out there, too. But what I do like about Travis Williams and uh, what he was be able to bring is that the Arkansas defense last year was so bad, it's hard not to be worse. I guess it's always possible. But considering how much how many yards they gave up game after game, considering how they, uh, you know, the way that they just would have big plays after big plays, you know, the Alabama game was a crucial blow in the fourth quarter. Those are the things that I feel like Arkansas is going to be able to improve upon now with Williams. Again, I'm not saying that it's going to go from being horrible defense to suddenly best in the SEC, but you can bet that this is at least going to be a defense that is better put together i think that there's going to be a much more emphasis in the passing game because honestly the defensive line and stopping the run was fine like it wasn't great it wasn't bad it was fine like they did an okay job it was just every team knew hey these safeties that arkansas have they're not any good and they don't know how to cover anybody so let's just go at it and so you just saw big plays all the time i feel like that problem is going to be fixed it's going to get better on that front too and so I'm going to say that uh, the coordinator position, they upgraded. And I like Barry Odom, but Barry Odom definitely started slipping a little bit 
uh, as the years went on. Arkansas's best defense, honestly, may have been, I know if you look at statistically, but I always felt like 2020 was actually pretty good. But 2021, where you had a lot of experienced guys, you had seniors, you had got like you had uh, dudes that were out there doing like I think the passing defense was best in 2020 because Catalan was healthy. But uh, overall, I felt like there were some good things, but it wasn't going in the right direction at all. There's no reason Arkansas's defense should have been as bad as what it was last year. So I'm going to say there's an upgrade uh, at the defensive coordinator position. And there you have it. So looking back on the defense, I think Arkansas upgraded at the safeties for sure. The biggest upgrade there, uh, I think Arkansas possibly may have downloaded, uh, downgraded with the cornerbacks position with Darren Wilson. Again, it's all about potential. He could end up proving me wrong, just my opinion. But we'll see. And then also, I think Arkansas upgraded with the defensive coordinator, but also stayed the same with the linebacker position there, Coach, too. So overall, the whole thing about it is I like what they're doing. I like what they put together. And I can't wait to see what it all comes to. So it can't be any worse than what it was last year defensively. And I think offensively, it's going to be a lot of fun to see uh, what Dan Enos does as well. well. Get to our final segment here on the Locked on Razorbacks coming up next. You are locked on Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You have a question that has been posed to me, and I think it's been talked about on my radio show and comments and making it and all that. It's about Eric Musselman's antics on the court when he's freaking out and yelling and screaming and got the coaches holding them back, uh, you know, that whole thing. And because he's getting so irate and everyone's just like, oh, that's just not a good look. Well, not everybody. There are, there are people that don't mind it. People think it's funny. And then people are just like, this is just, it's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. Um, here's my thing. Uh, I don't care. I don't care. I have said this from the beginning with every single coach. I don't care if you're a stoic, chill dude like Phil Jackson on the court that doesn't really get emotional all the time and doesn't uh, go irate. Or I don't care if you're like Eric Musselman where you are impassionate and you're energized and you're fed up and you're yelling and you're screaming and you're, 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 you're doing all that stuff. I don't care. Do you win? That's what I care about. There are different ways to skin a cat. There are different ways to do things. And with Eric Musselman, he has proven already here at Arkansas that he can win at a high level. Back-to-back -back elite eights help that. We'll see what they do this year. We'll see what happens. He's a great recruiter. The players play extremely hard for him. And from all intents and purposes, it looks like most of the players, at least that, you know, it's not like you've interviewed every single one of them, but most of the players respect Muss and understand it. And that's why they keep doing a great job in recruiting is because of Muss. So as far as the antics go, I don't care. Because if you're winning, who cares? Only these types of things. Like the if Arkansas had Alabama's record right now, they were undefeated in SEC play and Nick Smith and Brazil were healthy and they were doing all these great things. And like, then nobody would even be talking about the antics. Nobody would. But because Arkansas had some losses here and there, oh, now it becomes a problem. Now it becomes situation. So that's my thing. If you don't care when, if you don't care when they're winning, you can't care when they're struggling either. But Mus has proven already. Again, he's got the benefit of the doubt that he can do what he wants, coach the way he wants to coach. If you want to go out there and lose your mind, Mus, have at it, because you've earned that benefit. If you want to get held back by coaches, do it. I don't care. All I care about is winning. At the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters. So if you don't like the antics, I get it. That's fine. That's your opinion. But 
It shouldn't bother you if you're winning. Let the man do what he wants to do. And also, people are acting like, you know, don't think Nolan Richards, he's like, you remember Nolan Richardson? The dude walked off the court uh, against Texas on, you know, on the road. He got technicals like crazy. He'd be screaming at the officials like, like, but just because he wasn't as like hopping up and down and crazy like that, people were like, ah, it's different. I was like, man, that, that coaches all do that. Successful coaches always do that. Like they always have emotions and passion. So it's not anything different. So I don't have any problem with it. I don't think you should either. And I think we all can agree as long as we're winning, who cares? Musk could go out there and, you know, kick a puppy on the court. And as long as he's winning, I'd be like, well, at least we got that dub uh, against uh, Alabama on the road. So I'll be fine with it. Don't quote that. That's that probably was a bad one. Or someone's going to clip that and I'm going to get in trouble with the PETA people or something like that. Either way. Appreciate everybody listening in to Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.